morning and uh, welcome. What a great day to be together and to, uh, to worship. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil and I'm uh, one of the pastors here at New Horizon where we uh, share together in worship this morning. It is uh, a beautiful day to engage in praise and, and prayer and song and word and just share the, the love of God. I hope you've been enjoying your uh, fall season and so glad that uh, so many are able to uh, join us. We are here on site uh, in person and also connecting in a digital format and glad that uh, you are joining us. want to just share a, a word of uh, invitation to an addition we're adding to our digital format. Um, in addition to streaming this uh, and our 1030 service on Sunday mornings uh, live, and, and we're also creating a, a more of a podcast kind of a version of the worship of the week. And so being put up each week will be a, a, a condensed version of what we shared on Sunday morning, a perfect thing to review if you need to, a perfect thing to share with somebody else uh, via the digital format and link them to that. But uh, we are constantly adding and uh, doing more things in our digital format, and so I encourage you to, uh, to utilize that. Um, and, uh, but today, we're here right now in this moment uh, to share our prayer and praise. And so as you are able, uh, let's stand and sing and praise God together. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. 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 We are also grateful that we get to worship our God, especially with song. So Father God, thank you so much for allowing us to be in your presence, no matter where we are physically. Spiritually, we get to be in your presence and worship you together as one body. Amen.
God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Our God is greater. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our
Good morning, I'm Pastor Lisa, and I want to welcome you this morning and have you bow your heads to join in our morning prayer. As we come together, united in our worship of you, Lord, we pray for your perspective. Remind us this morning, Lord, that worldwide struggle doesn't mean that the world is outside of your divine control. We so deeply desire to see people the way you do, with eyes of mercy and grace. But you know us well, Lord. You know we so often center our thoughts on selfish things. Help us to set aside our personal agendas and our self-serving motives and align our hearts with the intentions of your will. Through your Holy Spirit, help us to be sensitive to your leading in our lives. Help us to be instruments of your peace. Help us to have the spiritual maturity to know that you will bring about glory. Watch over our hearts, our minds, and alert us to opportunities where we can share the good news of your truth. Help us to be motivated by peace, to share the good news that your plan is taking place. In our everyday lives, give us your eyes to see all things and all people, your filter of grace, so we can be a positive influence on our families, our friends, our communities, our nations, our world, in your honor. Help us to see our neighbors and look beyond the safety of our own lives to experience the uncertainty and fear others may face. Let us reflect wholly your goodness and fairness. May we in love comfort and expose inequalities and offer support, comfort and voice to victims of injustice. Let us be bearers of peace and hope. As we humbly bow you before you in worship this morning, we pray as your son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
then I'll praise you with everything I have. moment for for you this morning and it's not going to be me talking how cool is that um so we're going to invite becky herbert up she and her sister have done some amazing things with the homeless of broward county um they're just incredible little energizer bunnies behind the scenes and she has a special mission that you might want to share in thank you and good morning well it's that time all of you need to get busy and clean your closets out. <laughs> this mission, uh, we kind of undertook ourselves, my sister and I. She has a gentleman in her neighborhood who works with the homeless of Broward County. He goes every week uh, to Fort Lauderdale and provides food and visits and just does some time speaking to these people and giving them some company. Um, right now, he said they're in need of winter I know we don't have winter, but cool weather clothing. Specifically, we asked, what do you need? What do you need? He said, the number one item is socks. He said, socks, socks, and more socks. They never have enough. They go through them very quickly. And he said, they're always in need. So we want to collect as many. And we'd like them to be new uh, socks. Also, we'll be collecting light or medium weight jackets, um, sweatshirts, sweaters, long sleeve t-shirts, even the uh, short sleeve t-shirts that they can layer with their clothing. Another thing they need, which I found a little bit unusual, is they need blankets. And he said the only problem, they do not have a way every day they have to pack their belongings and take them with them. So he's asking for personal throw blankets, the small single person blankets, or twin size. He said they really have no way to cart around king or queen size or very heavy blankets. They pack everything in a duffel or a backpack and they take it with them every day. Um, the population of this group is about 70% male, 30% female. However, he does have two other homeless groups that he does work with. So any 
overflow or anything that he gets that he isn't able to put to use, he does have other groups that he can use and that will get use out of them. The items may be dropped off at the church in the lobby. I'll be coming every day to pick them up. Next Saturday, I'll be in the breezeway, someplace cool, uh, collecting them from about 10 to 12. You can drop them off there. And also next Sunday, I'll be attending the 1030 service. You can bring them and leave them in the lobby and I will take them when I leave. Again, thank you. We had a tremendous success in our summer drive and I'm just hoping we can do as well, if not surpass it for the winter drive. Thank you. What will you have me uh, do for you? It's a, that's a biblical question to ask that, it, it, it very much so. In fact, I think uh, just recently on, in Mark chapter 10, we've been in Mark chapter 10 for a while, Jesus asked that of James and John, you know, what do you need? What do you want me to do for you? And Jesus is going to say that again, you know, in this passage that we share here. What do you want me to do from you? This is from uh, Mark, again in chapter 10. We've been in chapter 10 for the last few weeks. And I hope that you will read Mark 10, in fact, read all of Mark. Um, but today's story is this encounter. Jesus and his, his followers came into Jericho. As Jesus was leaving Jericho, together with his disciples and a, and a sizable crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, Timaeus' son, was sitting beside the road. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was there, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. Many scolded him, telling him to be quiet, but he shouted even louder, son of David, show me mercy. Jesus stopped and said, call him forward. They called the blind man, be encouraged, get up, he's, he's calling you. Throwing his coat to the side, he jumped up and he, he came to Jesus. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, teacher, I want to see. Jesus said, go. Go, your, your faith has healed you. At once he was able to see and he began to follow Jesus on the way. Amen. Amen. Oh, gracious God, may we hear words this day that encourage us to follow on the way. Amen. And amen. So, what can I do for you? How can I help you? What's, you know, what's your response? What do you ask for? You know, when, when someone's engaging you, what are or just from the cry of your own heart, what do you cry out for? What do you ask for? What are you, what are you looking for? What are you, what are you crying out for? I, I, I mean, what, when you ask for help, what are you asking for? And I know many of you all are thinking, what do you mean ask for help? We're USA Americans. We don't ask for help. We're individuals. We do this on our own. Our response is usually, I got this, right? Or, <laughs> I got this, you know? I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I don't need anything. I mean, we are, we are blessed people. We really are. And individualism has gotten a hold of us, and, 
and we're good. We don't need any help. You know, we, we're not like Bartimaeus begging on the side of the road. We don't beg for help. We don't do what he did. We don't beg for help. We don't ask for help. But yet, Bartimaeus is the model of faith. He's the model in the story. But we don't ask for help. Why, why don't we ask for help? Of course, somebody's done research on that, on why USA Americans in our culture, we don't ask for help. And there's a few reasons. One is, we were never taught how to ask for help and have few role models of people who ask for help. Our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, all had this self-sufficiency value, and the value was self-sufficiency. You handled it on your own, and asking for help was only if you were on the sinking ship, you know? It was, it was going down. So there's this ethic of self-sufficiency that's part of our culture that has been passed down. Another reason that uh, we don't ask for help is that we love our independence. Don't we? Don't we just love our independence? And Americans are becoming more and more isolated because of our independence. We want to be independent. We want to do it on our own. And so we've become more and more isolated, particularly in this era of COVID and enhanced activity of business and everything else happening in a digital format, in the digital world. And we're becoming more and more isolated in what we do. The participation in clubs and social organizations and churches is just decreasing a hundredfold. Because, you know, we're good. We got this. Another reason that we don't ask for help is that we don't think to ask for help. It's just not in our framework. We have been brainwashed into this self-sufficiency that we never even think that asking for help is an option, that we've got to do it on our own. Another reason we don't ask for help is because, let's face it, it's always easier just to do it yourself, isn't it? You know, you've been like that in the, in the workplace or at home or whatever. It's, it, rather than teaching someone else or showing someone else or trying to communicate what your need is and what you have to do, it's just easier just to do it yourself and get it over with and not bother with anybody else. You know, I'm good. I'm good. Don't slow me up. You know? Another reason we don't ask for help is because we're afraid. What will this say about us? What will it say about my character and who I am if I ask for help? So how do we respond when a Savior says, what can I do for you? Because this is what happens with Bartimaeus. He's out there and Jesus encounters him and says, what can I do for you? What do we ask for? What do we cry out for? Do we get specific when Jesus offers us help? I wonder, and wonder with me, I wonder if, if blind Bartimaeus, I, when I'm reading this and talking about the story, I always call him blind Bart. I think that, that's, that works for me. Blind Bart. You know, blind, blind Bart, I wonder what his response would have been if he had not regained his vision. 
Because, you know, at the beginning of the story, he's just saying, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And what if he got mercy? What if he got peace? What if he got contentment in his heart? What if he got love from Jesus and from Jesus' followers and from the, the crowd that was there? What if he got all of that sense of, of love and community, but he never got the physical healing? How would he have responded? Well, the, the crowd around Jesus was sizable, it says, sizable. In fact, there were probably other blind people or deaf people or folks with other conditions. And there's no stories about them. It wasn't that Jesus came into the world and all of a sudden every blind person could see. But why Bartimaeus? And what's his response? Bartimaeus asked for mercy. That's how he started. But he ended up gaining his sight when he had this direct contact with Jesus. When Jesus asked him and he responded with a very specific request. How did Bartimaeus respond? How did Bartimaeus respond to that connection of Jesus? The first thing we see how Bartimaeus responded is that he changed his posture. At the beginning of the story, he is sitting on the side of the road. He gets word that Jesus comes near, and he starts shouting. So now his posture has changed a little bit. He's not just sitting there passively, but now he's shouting out. And when Jesus calls him and invites him, he gets up, and now he's jumping, and he's moving. And he's, he's going in that direction to get closer to Jesus. So to move from a posture of extreme passivity and sitting to moving towards Jesus is a 180-degree turn. In churchy language, in churchy words, we call that repentance. The changing of your posture. The moving when you were once stationary. One posture of life is changed for another posture of life. To go now where you once were not going. To shift your focus and move toward Jesus. Repentance is a movement toward Jesus and away from self. Bartimaeus was sitting there on the side of the road taking care of himself, begging for himself to somebody give me something, somebody give me something, and now he's gotten up and he's moving toward Jesus. And so the first response of Bartimaeus was this repentance, this turning, this going forward toward Jesus. The second thing that Bartimaeus did is what the very last line says. He began to follow him on the way. He followed Jesus. Jesus liberated him. Jesus said, go. Go, you're, you're free to go, you're good, you've got it. And Bartimaeus could have said, good, I got it from here. You know, but no, he decided to follow Jesus and go with Jesus on the way. His response was to follow. In churchy language, we call this discipleship. Discipleship, to follow Jesus. Because gratitude is not just words, but it's this action of getting up and going. And so the response of Blind Bart is repentance and discipleship. A shift from a stagnant life to a moving toward Jesus life a following, a growing, a serving to become more like Jesus. So the first part of his response is he's moving from himself toward Jesus. And the second part is to become more like Jesus. 
Repentance is moving toward Jesus, and discipleship is becoming like Jesus. The first is from that posture of sitting to shouting to movement, from passive to active. Repentance too often is considered like this, well, if I say an apology and I mean it deep enough, but it's so much more than that. In fact, apologies may only be a small portion of what repentance is about, just saying I'm sorry for a wrong that's done. Repentance is about a turn. It is about a shift. It is about a life posture that you once were in and now moving to a different life posture that is moving toward Jesus and towards God's kingdom and toward God's work. Jesus has come towards you. That's how the story begins, right? Jesus is coming into Jericho. He's coming towards the place where blind Bart is, is living. He comes towards him. His crowd is, and Jesus are moving by him. Jesus blesses him, calls him, heard his cry, and asks, what do you want me to do for you? How do you respond? Because I guarantee that Jesus is moving into your life and into your world and drawing near to you. God takes the first step and moves towards us in Jesus Christ and moves towards you. So how do you respond as God moves towards you? Repentance is the moving toward Jesus, turning your posture. And now Jesus enters your life. There's a connection that happens. There's a context and a, and a content of this personal kind of intersection of your life and the life of Jesus Christ and Jesus speaking into you. And Jesus says, what can I do for you? And often we'll cry out and we'll say, oh yeah, this will be great. You know, if I could win the lottery, that would be awesome. And then I got this, and you don't have to bother with me anymore. For blind bard, it was sight. For you and for me, it'll be something different, because here's the thing. Jesus is specific and unique and personal in that relationship. And so for each of us, it'll be something specific to us and to who we are. Jesus enters your life. How do you respond? Jesus comes towards you and blesses you and alters your life and is in your life. And so you can respond with, thanks, I got this. Now, thanks, you got me over the hump and I'm, I'm good to go. You know, I, I don't need your help anymore. I can do this for myself now that you've got me over the hump. Or maybe your response can be that discipleship, to follow Jesus even if it means following Jesus to the cross. Because here's the thing. As Jesus is coming into Jericho and out of Jericho, he is moving towards Jerusalem. He is moving towards that sacrifice on a hill. And that's where our hero of the story, Blind Bart, is going to follow Jesus, is towards Jerusalem. What does this discipleship look like? Does it have to be that hard? How do we grab a hold of that kind of response of following and just find things that we can anchor ourselves by or, you know, pegs that we can 
hang those values on. Pegs, that's a good way to think about it. Well, think about it like pegs, you know? Pegs like the pegs of the grounding of a, of a tent post, you know, and, and it holds it down, or pegs that are on a wall that you, can, that you can say, yeah, I can hang on that, and I can trust that, and I can depend on that, and it can build my value. Pegs, pegs, P-E-G-S. This is what we need for discipleship, P-E-G-S. Yes, I'm going to do an acronym here now, so you want to punch it into your phones, write it down, take notes, or review it online if, you've, uh, if you're watching it again. You, know, you can watch it again and again and again in the digital format. Pegs. It begins with praying. Prayer. Our prayer to God, which is that cry, Son of David, have mercy on me. But it's also that listening. Call him forward. Prayer is not only about us talking to God and giving God our laundry list and being able to ask for what we need to help with, but prayer is also that being sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit. Those spiritual disciplines that help us hear and feel and sense the movement of God. Uh, you know, meditating on Scripture and listening for God and quieting and, and slowing our lives because we need pray. We need to pray. And to listen for God, to call upon us and ask those important questions like, what do you want me to do for you? Pegs, the E is, is of engage, participate, be active, build relationships. Blind Bart became part of the crowd on the way, engaging in the community, engaging what they were, were doing. Christianity and faith and, and, uh, and discipleship is about this engagement. That's why God came to earth in the one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to engage us. And the response is in following and discipleship to become more like Jesus is engagement. Not the isolation that can easily happen in our world, but the engagement of engaging one another, being active with one another's lives and building relationships. And you, I'm sure you can guess what the G is for, right? Give. You've heard Pastor Rafe and every other pastor say that over and over, right? Give, give. And I'm talking about money. Well, I can give lots of things. I'll get to that. Yeah. But giving the money. Do you know that Jesus, his topics, his number one topic to talk about was the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. His number two topic, giving money. Number two topic for Jesus. So in other words, we should be talking about it all the time. Giving money. Jesus talked about it, and that's what we do. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where you're engaged, you'll give money. Where you give money, you'll be engaged. That's just how it works. Our prayers and our connection to God doesn't lead us to less giving ever, does it? It always leads us to a deeper and growing sense of giving. Pegs. Serve. Serve. That's the other side of giving. The giving of ourselves. Everybody has a gift so that you can serve. In fact, if you look at the scriptures on our walls around where we're at when you're here on site, all of them have essentially the same message. You have something so that you can share something. You've been given something. You've been blessed in some way so that you can give in some way. 
prayer, in, pray, engage, give, serve. Each is part of building the qualities of the kingdom in us, in you and me. In other words, becoming more like Jesus. That's discipleship, to follow Jesus on the way. And all of this is done in the context of community. Bartimaeus was told, go. And he had the opportunity to just go and continue doing his life. But his response was to join the group on the way. People of the way. That was the first name of Christians in the scriptures, the people of the way. He joined the group. He engaged on the way. And so what is your response as Jesus draws close to you? As Jesus responds to your cries and your call out? What is your response when a Savior says, what can I do for you? <clears throat> yes, for some time we need to contemplate that question. But if you're going to engage, you also have to take an action to that question. And so in the next uh, couple of weeks, there'll be a letter coming out with a, a covenant commitment card that's a part of it where you can respond. Um, it'll be in digital format, it'll be in paper format, it'll be in every communication format that we can think of. Because, and everything that's out there, because everybody, no matter who we are or how we are, is invited to pray engage, give, and serve. Everyone is connected, contacted by Jesus who comes to them in so many different formats. And so we're going to ask not that you just contemplate the question and think about it and pray over it, but that you actually make a covenant, a covenant to the community, a covenant, a, a commitment, a vow of how we will live our lives out together and how we will respond together. And so you have a week or two here of, of prayerful contemplation and then the, that responding opportunity is coming and this is how we follow. This is how we respond. This is, this is how we do this. Jesus came into the world that we might have life and have it abundantly. And Jesus is saying, how do you want me to give you life? How do you want me to give this to you? And so how will you respond? to a God who meets you in a very personal way. Amen. Amen. Oh Lord, help us with our response to your word. Help us with our response to your holy touch in our lives. Help us in our response to a loving Savior who comes towards us and engages us and invites us. Invites us to abundant, flourishing life in your kingdom. Oh Lord, show us, guide us, lead us, speak to us that we might respond to your word and follow you on the way, on our journeys of our lives that we journey with you. Amen and amen.
Let us uh, respond to God now, um, of course, with prayer, with uh, engagement, with giving, with serving. All of those things are expected. You can do it online. You can do it here. We invite you to give. We invite you to respond. And we invite you to engage in song as we stand and praise our God.
go now with the blessing and the assurance that Jesus Christ has walked into your town and into your life and desires a connection with you. Go now and follow Jesus on the way. Amen. Amen.